How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Update for Tuesday, November the 2nd. Hello, my friends. Hope you're doing well. And uh, unfortunately, not a lot of news today. Not a lot of big stuff, anyway. So I'm kind of just going to lump everything into one segment and just tell you what's going on a little more casually. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, The first thing that you should probably know about, you know, if people are talking about it on social media or something, is that Fortnite is going to be shutting down in China. So the Chinese version of Fortnite has been out for a couple of years now, three years or so. And it was actually a different name. It was called Fortress Night. However, they never really gave the game an official launch. They pretty much just called it a test version of the game for three years, which basically just means, you know, it doesn't include any in-app purchases or monetization. And that's because the game was never approved by the government. You know, China has very strict regulation in terms of video games, and the Battle Royale genre in general has struggled. They never even approved PUBG in China, on PC at least. Any games that are approved also get pretty heavily censored. No blood, no dead bodies, etc. And so what's basically happening here is, hey, Epic Games and Tencent had some kind of partnership to bring the game to China, and they can't get the game approved. And so whatever costs are being incurred with their partnership or running the game just doesn't make sense anymore. I think this is a notable story because of which game it is, right? Fortnite is so big. But it's definitely not an uncommon issue. There's definitely this paradox of like, well, there's so many players and so much money in China, but the government doesn't want those people playing it. (laughs) Or at least they want a, a very specific version of their games. So anyway, that's that. The other thing you may have seen floating around the internet is that both Sega and Microsoft are starting to explore a partnership. And I just want to clarify to you what this means. So, you know, Microsoft has way more than just gaming, obviously, way more than just Xbox. And one of the things they are very, very good at is cloud technology. Amazon is also good at it. But in particular, Microsoft's Azure technology is quite sophisticated. And because they have that, other game companies really want to work with Microsoft to take advantage of the tech, forgetting about everything that has to do with Xbox and their business strategy. So so the official announcement about their partnership says this, quote, that they are going to uh, produce large-scale global games in a next-generation development environment built on Microsoft's Azure cloud platform, end quote. And, you know, this is something that Microsoft does with a lot of companies. They also did it with PlayStation and, and Sony. So yeah, just in case you see any clickbait out there, that's all this is. Uh, we had a confirmation from Nintendo that Animal Crossing New Horizons is getting its first and only DLC. So they basically had an idea for creating a DLC, and they did it, and they don't, they don't plan on doing any more. So just a heads up there. And the last thing I'll mention is the Xbox Game Pass additions, because there's some pretty good ones here. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is going to be arriving on console. That's with the new remaster trilogy that they're doing. It Takes Two is going to be there, console and PC. Very good and very critically acclaimed game. I've been looking forward to play that one. It's the co-op only game. You literally cannot play it unless you're playing it with somebody else. It's very interesting. Very friendly game for non-gamers. Forza Horizon 5 is going to be out on day one. The two different Minecraft versions are heading to PC. And there's also an indie game here called One Step from Eden. This is a roguelike, but the gameplay is very similar to, like, uh, Mega Man Battle Network. And if you've never heard of that, I don't blame you. It came out early 2000s, Game Boy Advance. But the whole idea is that you have a character on a grid who you move in real time while also playing, like, cards. 
It's a very frantic game, but I've seen a lot of people really love it. Anyway, folks, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry I couldn't give you a more full show, but you know me, I respond to the news as it happens. That's all for today. I'll be back tomorrow as always, and until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Hey, friends. Oh, man, I wish I could come on here and say, like, oh, all these new exciting things are happening, but I'm just busy, man. I'm just busy. Same as yesterday. Work all day. Work on the Observer the rest of the day. I'm literally, I'm recording this show at 9 p.m., you know? Been working since, uh, since 10 a.m. Gotta hustle, right? (laughs) And I'm doing postcards after this. Oh, my goodness. It's all right. I'm having a great time. I have been watching video games while I work, uh, including Mario Party Superstars. So I watched a few rounds of that. It's a very exciting game, isn't it, Mario Party? I feel like, um, I don't know. It's like, I think about the board games that are very simple. I think they call them roll and move. That might be the wrong term. But, you know, it's like, it's, um, it's Monopoly. It's Talisman where you have a bunch of people on a board, you roll the dice, you move the people a certain number of squares, and there's not really any strategy to these games, it's just roll to see what happens. You know, you pick up a card, the card tells you what to do, you do the thing on the card, and it's all just basically up to what number did you roll on the dice. I kind of think about that with Mario Party, right? You don't play Mario Party to be a super competitive game. I mean, people get into it, But you're not like, oh, if I just optimized my strategy, I would have won at Mario Party. No, you roll the dice, you land on the red square six times, you have no money, and then you pass the star and you can't afford it. That's the way of life with Mario Party. And of course, it's broken up by the minigames, which is uh, a lot of fun. Arcade-y style minigames. And obviously, they found a great pace with Mario Party, and there's a lot to love about it. But you don't play it to be like, oh, I'm better at Mario Party than you are, unless you're like infinitely really good at the minigames or something. Even if even if you're good at the minigames, you can still lose the game. There's the bonus stars. There's the just pure luck of going past a star. And I think that that's okay. I don't want to say it's rare in video games, but I think it's rare for people to enjoy it as much as they do with Mario Party. And I guess maybe that's just the fact that it is a party game and party games are not expected to be competitive. They're expected to just have fun. And I guess you could say that that's similar for some other Nintendo games. Like I think of Animal Crossing. There's no being good at Animal Crossing. You just play it. The Sims. These games exist, I guess. That's fair. I guess you just look at Mario Party and you're like, oh, the, the surface really seems like it could be that it would be competitive. Like Mario Kart, for example, that's a social game, that's a party game, but it's it's competitive. You know, you can be good or bad at Mario Kart. When I was a kid, I was whooping everybody's butts on Rainbow Road, but I don't know if uh, anybody's going to throw a table because they, they failed at Mario Party. It was funny, I, I read um, a couple of months ago, I read a, a Reddit post, actually. It was on the board game subreddit, I think. And it was from this guy who hosted a party... And he cooked all the food, and he paid for all the alcohol. He invited them over to his house, and he wanted to play the Game of Thrones board game, which I guess can be very cutthroat. And the post was detailing the entire situation, where one of his friends basically took him out very early in the game. And I, th- I think it's not fun when you play a multiplayer board game, and people can be eliminated, and they just have to sit there and not play anymore. But the whole post was like, hey, I kind of flipped out because... 
I did all this stuff for my friends, cooking their food, buying their alcohol, whatever, just for them to kick me out of the game immediately. And he had a, a temper tantrum. I think he had some anger management problems that he was talking about. But in the end, he he kind of overreacted to what is supposed to be a game, a fun game, right? And I think about that post a lot, honestly, because on one hand, you know, when you play a game, the idea is that you're trying to win, usually, if it's competitive in, in any way, and not doing the optimal strategy just so that somebody can stay in the game. Well, I guess it depends on the group you're playing with, right? Because you want to play the game, you want everybody to have fun. And so, you know, I, I think about that situation and I think can't that could happen in Mario Kart, I suppose. If somebody doesn't understand that uh, the blue shells are intentionally unfair to the person in first, maybe they would they would throw the temper tantrum. But I don't know if you could do that in Mario Party. I mean, I guess you could, but the game relies so heavily on chance that even if I was trying to target somebody and, and trying to eliminate them from the game, it would hard, it would be hard to pull off. Anyway, I try not to get too invested. The more invested I have found that I get, the less happy I get. Unless everybody on the table is super invested, then, you know, I'll have a great time. But anyway, that's all for now, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're well. Chat tomorrow. <laughs>